Today we are continuing with part two of Steve Rolston's story. A guy that heard the call of God on his life, said yes to Jesus with his wealth and with his wisdom and insight. He's building a one-of-a-kind community in Canada called uh, Watercolor Westport. And he's also the leader of a ministry called Solely Business right here in Canada, the Canadian branch. And we are continuing to hear his story in today's episode. Stay tuned. This is Thrive 1110 with Bold Care A of Bold Care Financial, guiding you toward business success and bringing clarity to personal finance. This is Thrive 1110. Welcome to Thrive 1110. This is the show where you get Bible-friendly, practical tips on business and money so you can thrive. And as you do so, remember the Lord your God who enables you to thrive by being an agent of transformation for his kingdom's purposes in your family, in your community, and in your city. I'm Bold Kerry, your host, and you can catch up on previous episodes of Thrive 1110 by going on the chri.ca website or thrive1110.ca, that's thrive1110.ca. And while you're there, leave a comment, something. So I know that you've been listening. It's always encouraging to, to hear from you out there because obviously we can't uh, hear you here in the radio station. But when you leave messages like that, it's always encouraging uh, us to keep going and keep doing this for you because it's really meant to be a blessing for you. So you can also catch up on uh, previous episodes by going on the um, on your favorite podcast outlet like um, Spotify or Apple Podcast, etc. This show is brought to you by Bold Care Financial, helping Christian entrepreneurs and professionals discern and take their next right step in their business and in their finance so that they can avoid, you can avoid, costly mistakes, regrettable mistakes, and be prepared for your approaching life transitions. Now, let's continue with the story of Steve Rolston. Steve, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me, Bold. It's uh, a privilege. I'm really glad to have you. And we're going to continue. Um, I, was, I was ending the previous episode with, with uh, the fact that I know you to be a man of excellence, a man with a heart of heart of generosity. Um, and uh, you alluded to how God has transformed you in the previous episode. But I'd like you to take us back um, and, 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 and tell us how this journey uh, happened. So, so you grew up, you mentioned growing, growing up in a dysfunctional home and uh, coming to know Jesus, accept Jesus at age 16. But it really took until you were mid in your mid-30s, 35, mm -hmm. 36, where you re something really happened. Can you, can you share with us like, how you came to accept Jesus at age 16? Uh, friends who had been taking me to their church. Uh, we lived in Mississauga, and they would pick me up, and uh, Tina Walker and her family would take me up to Streetsville Pentecostal Church. Uh, and I just felt the love of Jesus in that iglesia, in that body of believers. And I was so blessed to be a part of that for a season of my life. Um, so that is something I remember fondly, but uh, moving uh, from Mississauga uh, subsequently uh, precluded the ongoing maintenance of that relationship. And 
So luckily enough, when I went to university, I was introduced to construction and always knew I was going to marry a, a believing woman. That was very much a part of my preferred future. Mm. And I met uh, Diana at U of T Arendelle. Mm. And I came to Ottawa to pursue my dream of, of building homes and my ambition of, of building. Wow. Now, now building homes. So, so does that mean that that was part of something you were dreaming of, something that was wired into you? Even in your childhood or something? I think ever since the age of three, we were lucky enough to have a cottage that needed a log, mm -hmm. beautiful log home that was falling down that my parents uh, restored. And and with my uncles, they all grew up on farms. They knew how to you know deal with logs that were rotting. Mm -hmm. And uh, we started just sketching cottages and sketching buildings, you know, at a very young age. Uh, they sold that one maybe around age eight and then... Uh, we built one around age 13, my mm. father and I, and luckily enough, doodling and sketching. It's always been a part of my DNA, just wow. imagining what it would be like to be able to provide a roof over my head. So, wow. Wow. so, so throughout that still stayed there, like uh, as a compass, like uh, the, the home building. I think it did. And I think it was something that the Lord blessed the work of our hands far more, you know, than I deserve or that we earned, uh, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, for eight years, my wife and I would travel every winter, and it was just her and I. And then for a dozen years, uh, we had a number of different employees when we took the hats off of mm. sales first and mm. and then laboring and, and so on. And uh, God really blessed the work of our hands for those dozen years. So you met your, you met your wife uh, when you were in university. Uh, so that's after your age 16. You, you, had, you have moved away from uh, the area from Mississauga where you're attending that church and where you, you accepted Christ. Um, so you meet your wife, you get married, she is a believer. How does that impact your, your, um, your relationship? So you're both Christians and you come together in marriage and you're pursuing your dream of building homes. What happens then between that time of marriage until your age 36 where something else happened? in your Christian journey? Well, I guess in those 11 years, you know, uh, it was incredible, the meteoric rise of Landark Holmes uh, from this very dysfunctional uh, young man and his wife. And uh, we had all this success and all this fame and just shelves full of awards for home building. But, you know, I felt my life lacked meaning and purpose and hope. Mm -hmm. And we had a uh, two-year-old and we had twins and you know in the span of 23 months we really went from not having children to having three and it was a very dark time quite frankly mm. and uh, it was very challenging because I just feel so sorry for my wife I had to go to work the next day after each of our kids were born because there was just nobody to pick up the slack we didn't have a, a well-rounded team and so it was very hard on my wife Diana and I think that's what, you know, drew, drew me to God in desperation, crying out for, for help. Mm. You said something that, that you said you were having this success in the home building. Home building was really your dream, kind of something you, you grew up wired to do. Um, you were married with a wife that you love, that loves you. Um, you're both believers, but you, were, you still had this sense that you were lacking some purpose uh, was that coming from these challenges that you were going through um, with with the kids and the fact that you had to be at work all the time? Or where was that coming from? 
would you say? Yeah, I was just uh, not very well-rounded at the mm. time. And I craved maybe the approval of man, or I just felt, you know, uh, that we weren't plugged in to one faith community. We had, uh, my wife was very involved, or her mother in the evangelical Catholic world, you might say. Mm -hmm. So we, uh, before we got married, uh, attended a Catholic church. But um, when we went back after the twins were born, it's like there was a whole new congregation and we were experiencing whole new life challenges that we were unprepared for. And without uh, my wife's family or, or my family here in Ottawa, it was it was very tough. So mm. we had some great friends, but they too were lacking the the faith element in their lives. Mm -hmm. So not being connected and part of a small group in a, a faith community that that was really looking back one of the things we lacked. Wow! Wow! And then what happened, uh, Steve, at age thirty six or around that that brought a shift. Was that is that was that the connection with uh, the, the faith community or, or yeah. what happened? Just the hunger that I had to know God mm -hmm. and to love God and to follow Jesus. Uh, it got to the point where this wonderful pastor John Robertson was pouring into my life, and uh, it was great to finally be a, a part of a faith community. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, for a variety of reasons, we left uh, that church and uh, attended a, a different one for a, a period of time and and now I'm at uh, my third church at Stittsville Community Bible Church uh, so we went from maybe a little too small to maybe a little too big uh, to just right and I'm very comfortable and happy in our, our faith community at Stittsville Community Bible Church. Now going back a bit Steve you explained how well you shared how the business Landark grew like rapidly and, and had success rapidly what would you say um caused that are there things you can point back to that really brought about that success that landark knew with all the awards etc i had this thirst for learning mm -hmm. and i joined a something in the u.s called a builder 20 group and we learned from 20 different uh, builders in non-competing markets i was sort of their board of directors and they were mine and so setting those benchmarks for where you want to be in three, six, nine months, a year, five years, that was fabulous, uh, that type of business planning. And as a solo entrepreneur, I, I didn't have any, you know, big company experience. So that was very transformational to read books like Donald Miller's Business Made Simple and just learn from the wisdom of people 10, 20, 30 years older than I was and what had worked for them and aspiring to, you know, want to learn and grow. Uh, it was wonderful to have benchmarks from the National Association of Home Builders in the U.S. Wow. Okay, and so once, once you have a benchmark, you can hit it. Mm -hmm. When you're just stumbling around lost and, and blind, mm -hmm. you know, you, you can't hit anything if, if you don't know it exists. Wow. Wow. I want to continue on that. But before, let's take a quick break and we'll be back to continue with Steve's story. This show is brought to you by Bold Care Financial, helping you Christian entrepreneurs and professionals discern and take the next right step with your money and business so you can uncover your blind spots, avoid costly mistakes, and move forward with clarity, being prepared for your approaching goals and life transitions. 
Welcome back. You've been listening to Thrive 1110, and uh, we are hearing the story of Steve Rolston. And uh, it's it's a fascinating story, amazing story, how Steve uh, grew up knowing success very quickly in his business and uh, how his journey with God evolved along with his wife and uh, to the point where he is really, uh, I would say, one of the, one of the, tangible representation of what Thrive 1110 is, which is as God blesses you, you be an agent of transformation um, in your community and in your city. And that's what Steve Rolston is really uh, uh, doing, he is really as an individual. And we are unpacking his journey. So thank you, Steve, for, for, for really uh, being generous with us that way. Um, so you, you, you knew success you were still having this lack, this sense that something was missing. God brought in this pastor, uh, this man of God, to to pour into your life in a very personal way, mm-hmm. and uh, that shifted things around around age thirty six for you. How how did life become after that? I think it'll take all of eternity to unpack that, but it's become. Uh, more renewed, restored, revived to the point where I feel relaxed in my own skin. Mm-hmm. And part of that was because I was biblically illiterate and emotionally immature. Mm-hmm. And so my heart was so uh, scarred from my upbringing, it, it's taken a lot of healing and a, a lot of prayer. But reading God's Word particularly changed everything for me when I started reading God's Word, because you can't read about God's word without bumping into generosity and how as we've been blessed, we are to be a blessing to others. Mm. And so I just think that was the one thing that was really lacking in my life is I was biblically illiterate. Mm. Wow. So how, how the word of God, how having mentors, and you mentioned mentors in our previous episode, really impacted and, and, and was transformational for your life. And how did that impact your business? Because you did mention in our previous episode that um, at um, like in twenty two like uh, two thousand nine two thousand ten, there was a business transition. Yeah, we put the business on the shelf, and God called me out into building people, and I didn't know what that looked like. But mm-hmm. part of it was with these two ministries and many others serving as a volunteer and mm-hmm. trying to mentor some young entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. share what I could and what I had learned. But every step, it's just a baby step of faith, isn't it? You know, just taking the right next step as you feel God calling you. But it was great to hang up my shingle for a while Mm. because then I realized my identity wasn't about anything I did. Mm. It's about everything he had done for me Mm. and how, you know, I'm a holy, righteous, blameless child of the living God, Mm. not by anything I did, but Mm. because of everything Jesus did for me. Hallelujah. And, and so, Steve, I'm, I'm really curious, and I'm sure some people listening would also be asking this question. That's a huge step. Like, that's a major transition to put the business on pause in order to pursue what are things that God is calling you to do. And, and I like how you put it, to build men. Uh, how do you make sure that you've heard from God in order to go on a transition? Was it? Like uh, specific circumstances? Did you hear something in a time of prayer? How did your wife align with that? And, and how, how, did you, how did that happen practically? 
Well, we were lucky. I married a saint, and uh, <laughs> she was always ready, willing, and able to sense and perceive as well the right next step for us as a team. But she felt that that would, if that's what I sensed God was calling me to do, that I had better be obedient to God. And I'm very thankful I was, um, because it opened up so many new doors of opportunity that I would never have had unless I had followed those promptings. And that's where I think solely business comes in is it helps people discern, you know, is this just me or, or is this God? And so that's why I'm so passionate about helping people uh, experience the love of God because none of us need more information about God, mm -hmm. but all of us need an encounter with God mm -hmm. where we learn to discern better the still small voice of God prompting us and nudging us and giving these ideas out of the blue, as I often say, because they're not. Mm -hmm. If it's that out of the blue, like leave your home building business and <laughs> God really kind of woke me up. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of the night, three distinctive times said serve. And I knew what that meant. It was, you know, lay down your business and serve others. Wow. And so that's what I've tried to do ever since to the best of my ability. And I'm not doing a very good job at it. But even when I am trying to discern the will of God and the right next step for my life, uh, amazing things happen. So, wow, wow. That is, uh, I'm listening to you and I'm trying to, to imagine myself. Uh, and I'm sure people try to, to, It resonates with people, and that's very key. Uh, God really made it clear for you to serve, and you clearly understood that that serving meant putting the business on pause and pursuing these other uh, journeys. Now, since 2009, 2010, uh, you, so you've, you've started your journey that led you to solely business, um, and, uh, and now the community that residential community that you're building. For those who didn't, if you are listening and you didn't hear what Steve was saying in the previous episode about the community, of course, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the first part of this story with Steve. But Steve, can you share, uh, uh, share very briefly what you are doing now with this community for those who weren't here, didn't listen to the previous episode? Well, somebody once asked me, um, you know, what was I trying to do with this community that was so different? And I guess uh, when we started out competing in Stittsville against Monarch, Collitzner, Veilcraft on 60-foot lots, mm. you know, the houses were around 2,000 square feet, $200,000. Then we built these homes that today would be worth a million and a half out on these two-acre estate lots. Mm. But I was lucky enough to live in a home like that and have a wonderful cottage nearby. So this new calling on my life is just to build, you know, uh, walkable communities that are sustainable, uh, where people can live better. They can live a great life connected to nature and neighbor. Mm -hmm. And part of that stems from this idea of Dallas Willard, mm -hmm. um, who said, the greatest thing you and I can ever imagine is the fellowship of other loving persons to love and be loved, to know, to enjoy, to be with to adventure, to create. Mm. And so if you take out that word fellowship, mm. the greatest thing you and I can ever imagine is a community mm. 
of other loving persons to love and be loved, to know, to enjoy, to be with, to adventure, and to create. That's what we think we're doing is we're just trying to invite people into a, a bigger story of how they could live a, a great life uh, connected to nature and neighbor. Because it's so different when you mm -hmm. get connected in a mm -hmm. small group, like I did, and in a church environment. Mm -hmm. And even if many of these people aren't believers, they're mm -hmm. experiencing just such a different quality of life mm -hmm. connected, as I say, to nature and neighbor. And you know, as you were sharing this, uh, something just came to my mind to the point where what you're building here is 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 really so different and anti in certain sense where um, culture is trying to take us today with virtual environments uh, where people completely disconnect from the reality around them and from people around them to be in this kind of uh, virtual environment where they can recreate an image of themselves, but the answer is not there really. The answer is in the reality um, uh, that we need to be connected to one another. And obviously we need to be connected with God. Um, that's, that's really huge. Um, we are going to our let's get practical section. Bold, let's get practical. Out of what you shared, I'd like to ask you this. Is there anything that looking back you'd say, especially if somebody is listening and identifying um, themselves with you, either co completely or part of what you shared, what would you say to people listening um, that they can take? Maybe they aspire to serve God. Maybe they aspire to build a successful business. Um, I know you shared the other day about mentorship. Is there anything else that you'd want to share? Maybe from mistakes that you've done that you can share with them? Yeah, I think I was much too prideful as a young person thinking I had to figure it out all on my own. Mm. So I had this thirst for learning and thirst for knowledge and I read voraciously and I'd listen to audiobooks. And, and now what I think God is showing me is I need to be utterly and completely not independent. I need to be dependent on Him for the right next step. And along with that, I need to be interdependent on friends mm. and people I don't even know and just not be afraid to go up and say, will you help me? Will you help me? Will you help me? So I say that over and over again and I sound like a broken record, but mm. I think this vision God has given us mm. of creating not just a community that has lesser and lesser negative environmental impacts, mm -hmm. but is actually up and to the right on this idea of an infographic that we're putting up on our website of the positive environmental impacts mm -hmm. of creating what is called a living building and a living community. Mm -hmm. um, it is so important to ask for help. And that's something I was not good at doing because I was so prideful and mm -hmm. Wow. arrogant and pig-headed so uh, and many other things my wife could add to that <laughs> list um but again god is breaking down that pride with a willingness to now just humbly mm. come before him and others and say will you help mm. and he does and he answers prayer so it's amazing wow. uh, it makes me think of this verse in the bible where god says that he resists the people who are who are prideful yeah. Can you imagine what it looks like to have God resisting you? <laughs> like you're doing everything. But because of this element in my life, in your life, 
in someone's life, you encounter the resistance of God. That's, I don't want to be there. Steve, I really sense to ask you to pray. To pray in regards to humility hmm. uh, for everybody listening right now. Whether you are actually an entrepreneur or you are an employee, uh, you're trying to go forward in life, this is key. Would you mind praying for that, uh, for everybody listening? I would love to, Bold, because uh, a number of Bible verses that really speak to me, uh, eternal life, mm-hmm. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, and all true prayer you are showing me needs to be Trinitarian prayer We invo- where we invite you, Father, you, Jesus, and you, Holy Spirit, into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Lord, the way you've shown me that... Eternal life begins by knowing you, Jesus, Mm. and you, dear Heavenly Father, Mm. that you enable us to have this, as we read in John 10.10 in the message version of the Bible, Mm. real and eternal, more and better life is available now, Mm -hmm. and that you have ordained us to humble ourselves Mm. and come before others and ask for prayer, and that prayer is really just the way you love us that we communicate with you as a as a child to their heavenly father Mm. so lord i just pray for anyone listening to my voice right now that you would humble them the way you've humbled me looking Mm. for meaning and purpose and hope and finding it in all the wrong places in the world instead of in the only place where it can ever come from Mm. an authentic intimate abiding relationship with you So, Lord, I pray that anyone is listening, you would humble them Mm. and cause them to reach out to you, the hound of heaven, Mm. for you long to delight and compassionately come alongside us whenever we cry out. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for how you guide, whether we're aware of it or not. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, thank you, Steve. That was our Let's Get Practical. So go ahead and do it. You can do it. It's in your hands. We'll support you. So take courage and do it. I know you can do it. So we are going towards the end of this episode again. Time just flies, Steve. Would you mind reminding people how they can uh, find more information about Soli Business and maybe remind us about the next retreat and also um, how they can get more information about that residential community that you're building. How can they find more information? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, SoliBusiness.com. You can go there and register and find all the other chapters. There's half a dozen of them or more that are birthing around you know the world, really. So it's quite a, a movement of God, by God, with God, for God. So um, so solely business, just think you have a soul, add a Y, and then business. God wants to do some business with your heart and heal your heart and help your heart. Um, so solelybusiness.com or solelybusiness.ca. Uh, and the home building community that we're trying to bring to life uh, is called watercolorwestport.com or .ca. So watercolor spelled the British way, uh, watercolorwestport.com.
www.thepodcastnetwork.com. And we have Instagram, Facebook. Please check us out there as well. And equally, uh, you might want to check out our YouTube channel because we're trying to educate other builders that they don't have to keep building these obsolete homes the way 99.9% of all new homes being built today are being built obsolete. Mm -hmm. And for someone's biggest investment in their life, it shouldn't be an obsolete investment. So Mm -hmm. check out the YouTube channel. There's also nine ways to high performance your existing home Mm -hmm. video there. So, Wow. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you very much for having been with us. You've been listening to Thrive 1110. We've been hearing the story of Steve Rolston, a builder of man and a builder of homes as God builds him. So um, if you if you have any questions, don't be shy. Go on these websites that Steve just mentioned. And uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you have any questions that you want to address to me particularly, thrive1110.ca so go on that website and uh, send me a message even if it is just to say hey bold i've listened it's been a blessing that's always encouraging also uh you might be or not be aware of the thrive 1110 community that you can join it's a membership where you have access to quality people to ask all sorts of questions including practical life transformational courses Um, So check that out as well, thrive1110.com. Stay tuned um, and uh, we will be together again in a week from now. I'm Bol Kere, your host, and you've been listening to Thrive 1110. When honest people prosper, the whole city celebrates. Thrive 1110. To learn more or to connect with Bold, go to thrive1110.ca.